Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Brent Cedaram, and you are listening to the Zranu Podcast. This is episode number four. And uh, before we get into today's topic, uh, I want to spend a couple of minutes. And uh, first and foremost, I just want to say thanks. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening to this podcast, for providing comments, providing feedback to the two or three of you that have provided some really brutally honest feedback. You know, that's really the ticket to to change, to improvement is just giving it to each other straight. So for that, I am eternally grateful. And uh, secondly, I hope everybody's been enjoying the holidays. Um, Certainly a different one with 2020 being the year that it was. Uh, Each and every one of us has faced some significant hardship, some significant challenges, some significant uh, delay in anything that they were looking to achieve this year. So you know what? We're five days away from 2021. And let me tell you, 2021 is going to be the comeback year. That's my prediction, where we're going to start um, start the mend to what 2020 has dealt to us. And by the time we hit 2022, it's we're just going to return back to the glory days. So um, with that, I'd like to segue into today's topic, which is going to be uh, twofold. Uh, the two are kind of mutually inclusive, mutually exclusive. It all really depends on your perspective. But um, I had one of my listeners that was really interested in hearing more about leadership, about business. Uh, I'm not going to dive into the technicalities of operating a business, but I do want to provide some insights on leadership. Uh, For the past 15 years, I have been in a leadership role of some sort, uh, right from middle management to executive and uh, mostly managing people uh, more so uh, than the operations. And that's really the first lesson that everybody needs to learn about leadership. It's 10% operations, it's 90% people. Um, The second topic uh, will be about uh, failure. from the perspective of how to become successful, how to change, how to improve. Failure is probably the biggest gift that can be given to anybody. And if you treat failure with the right perspective, it will undoubtedly help you to improve whatever it is you're looking to improve, to change whatever you're looking to change, and will ultimately get you that one step closer to that goal that you are looking for. The goal is an interesting philosophy. You know, for those of you that work in a business or, you know, everybody has goals. Let's just forget the analogies. Everybody has a goal. Everybody is striving towards something, whether it's career, financial, uh, weight loss, fitness, whatever it is, maybe. Um, the reality is, is, you know, the goal is the end of the line and we tend to focus so much on the end of the line that we forget the means to the end. And I think that this is where the means of the end really tie into the failures because the journey, um, to getting to your goal is not meant to be easy. If it's easy, then we'd all be successful. There would not be any inequality gaps. There would not be wealth inequality. There would not be homelessness. There would not be poverty. We would all be actually on an equal playing field because life's easy, but that's not really the case. And I can guarantee you that most of the people that you look up to in your life that are successful has faced 
well, before I say that, consistently successful, has faced numerous hardships throughout their journey. And let me stress the word numerous. They just didn't hit a little bump, a little pothole on the road. There were ups and downs, ebbs and flows, crashes and burns, huge recoveries. Um, so, you know, let's be realistic about goals. Um, it's going to take a lot of work to get there. And part of getting to that end of line is failures. So um, we're going to dive into that a little bit more. So grab a beer, grab a beverage, grab whatever you want to grab and uh, sit back, relax, and I'll be back in just a moment. particularly proud and happy about the young filmmakers, actors, singers, writers, producers that are coming up behind my generation. In particular, Barry Jenkins. Young people understand this young man made 10, 15, 20 short films before he got the opportunity to make moonlight. So never give up. Without commitment, you'll never start. But more importantly, without consistency, you'll never finish. It's not easy. If it was easy, there'd be no Kerry Washington. If it was easy, there'd be no Taraji Henson, P. Henson. If it were easy, there'd be no Octavia Spencer. But not only that, if it were easy, there'd be no Viola Davis. If it were easy, there'd be no Michael T. Williamson, no Stephen McKinley Henderson, no Russell Hornsby. If it were easy, there'd be no Denzel Washington. So keep working, keep striving, never give up, fall down seven times, get up eight. Ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship. Ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship. So keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. See you at work. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Denzel Washington. Really hope you enjoyed that clip. Uh, a couple things towards the end that I think really resonated with this podcast. Fall down seven times, get up eight. And uh, ease being the greater threat to progress than hardship. And we'll talk a little bit about that in particular a bit later in the podcast. But I want to jump right into some of my insights on leadership. Uh, the first one uh, was taught to me around 2013, 2014 uh, during a conference. I was working for a corporate restaurant organization. I was a GM and we were at a GM chef conference and our VP who, you know, uh, on a side note, was an absolute ninja of the upscale casual 
restaurant industry. I learned so much from this individual and I can guarantee you to this day, he could probably school anybody and everybody on how to run a profitable restaurant. Uh, that said, you know, the beginning of his presentation uh, at this conference was a simple formula um, that I believe, well, actually, which really stuck with me through the years to this day and will always stick with me. Um, it basically goes like this. Great leadership leads to great execution and great execution leads to great results. It doesn't get any more simple than that. If you have great leadership, if you exhibit great leadership qualities, your team will execute for you at the highest possible level. And because your people execute at the highest possible level, you're bound to get great results. It's as simple as that. Um, you know, another insight that I realized uh, as of late is you don't need to be a leader to be a leader. And what I mean by that is you don't need a title, you don't need a certain salary, you don't need some sort of uh, symbol in order to be, or exhibit qualities of a good leader. Um, and on the uh, on the opposite side, just because you have a title of leadership, just because you're making the big bucks, doesn't necessarily mean that you're automatically going to be a meaningful and effective leader. Uh, there's two individuals in modern 20th century history that I believe really speak to this idea that you don't have to be a leader in order to be a leader. Uh, the first one is Martin Luther King Jr. Um, very, very intelligent person, uh, obviously a very influential person in the 20th century as it relates to the American civil rights movement. Uh, but his his job, his, his profession um, was a co-pastor of a Baptist church, um, perhaps a small degree of, of faith leadership there, or maybe a huge degree. It all depends on your perspective. But nonetheless, he was not a high-powered executive. He wasn't a high-powered politician, yet he was able to influence an entire country, influence an entire world. Um, another individual kind of along the same lines of what MLK Jr. stood for, it was, uh, Mohandas K. Gandhi. Uh, we all know, we all know who Gandhi was, the Mahatma. He was a lawyer by trade actually. Uh, but again, because of the strength of his convictions, because of his passion, because of how he stood up for what he believed in, he was able to not only influence his country, not only influence the world, but he was able to lead his country to independence. No small, easy feat. Um, so, you know, it, it just really, really speaks to the idea that you don't need to be a leader in order to be a leader. Um, you know, leadership, skilled leadership really, really takes time to develop. And uh, as with all things related to the journey towards success and towards change, um, we're going to come across barriers. We're going to come across challenges. We're going to come across failure. Failure is inevitable on this journey, and we all need to embrace it, and we all need to come to terms with it. And uh, this next segment, uh, I want to dive into why failure is really a gift and if we embrace it in the right way it will make us grow and it will make us progress more or in different ways that we didn't even think possible
before the pandemic hit us in March of 2020, uh, I was in a pretty good position in my organization. You know, when I when I started back with them in 2017, I was promoted twice within 18 months, and uh, I, I held a very senior level management position within the organization. I was on the executive team. I was making you know uh, decent money. And, uh, you know, all the stars aligned, everything was great. But then, you know, the pandemic hit and I was grounded very, very quickly. Uh, I was laid off for four months and then uh, eventually I was asked to come back when things were picking up a little bit. However, the caveat to it all was that my original position was eliminated and I was essentially asked to step down, take two steps down actually to a role uh, that I had originally started in when I came back in 2017. So um, this was certainly unexpected or unexpected. It, it kind of depends on what you think of it. But, um, you know, while the economic climate certainly played a key role in these circumstances with the elimination of my role, um, you know, I found myself thinking more and more about, you know, why me? Why did this happen to me? Why didn't it happen to other people uh, that were still working, you know, what made those other people more special than me? What made them more useful? What made them more valuable? And, you know, after many, many weeks of deep thought, uh, I got nowhere. I got nowhere. It didn't matter how much I tried to convince myself that whatever I thought of at the time was the truth. Don't worry about it. It just, I, it, I wasn't satisfied. Um, so, you know, really all I was left with was what was wrong with me? You know, what were, what were my attributes? What were my qualities? What were my actions? What was my value? You know, what were some of those things about me that led to this position or to, to, to these circumstances? Um, you know, and I, as soon as I started doing a, a deep dive on myself and, you know, reminiscing about uh, com past conversations, past decisions, past courses of actions, uh, I quickly realized that there were so many things that I was doing wrong, so many things that I failed at and I didn't even know. And, you know, whether or not they would have changed the circumstances as far as me losing, as far as me losing my job, um, you know, that's another story, but it became very, very clear to me that I need to do things differently, regardless of my place on the totem pole. So with that, I want to share with you some of my failures in leadership, and I truly hope that this gives everybody listening uh, some value, something to relate to. Or for those of you that are starting your journey of leadership, some some tips and tricks or some things to, to live by in order to further your continued success. Uh, the first hard lesson that I learned was I wanted to be liked by everybody instead of being respected by those who matter. And what do I mean by those who matter? Um, you know, building a good team means that you have to choose the best, the best players for the game. That's it. Simply put, not everybody makes the cut. Um, the difference, you know, as far as good leadership is concerned, is you need to have the balls to make the cut. And if somebody gets onto your team and you realize that they're not working out, you actually need to do something about it. Um, I can tell you that, you know, the good people in your organization 
truly do leave because of bad management, not necessarily because of a bad company, a poor performing company. It's bad management. It really is. And and I know a lot of you will agree with me. And, um, you know, and further to that, you know, if you're in a position of leadership, if you manage a team, um, I can guarantee you that you will lose your A players because of the indifference and tolerance of the actions of your C players. So, you know, make sure that you spend your your energy on those in your team that matter. And if there are those that don't matter on your team, well, you need to do something about it. Um, the second failure was uh, succumbing to my own hubris. You know, I just thought that I knew better than everybody else. I thought that I was smart. I was a genius. I thought it was God's gift to my organization. Um, and that I was grounded pretty quickly. Look, your employees are smarter than you think. Uh, frankly, they're probably smarter than you. So I highly, 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 highly recommend that if you think you're spending the time listening to them and talking to them and getting to know them, do more of it, work harder at it. These are the people that are going to generate the results for you. So put your ego aside and just roll your sleeves up and get in there with your team and learn with them, learn from them, listen to them and talk to them. You know, there's a quote, um, by, from Mickey Mantle and it's, uh, he says, it's unbelievable how much you don't know about the game you've played all your life. This is huge because it doesn't matter how long we spent in a particular industry, how much education, how much knowledge we may have about a particular field. Um, it doesn't mean that you know it all. And kind of on the same lines of succumbing to my own hubris, um, you know, I, I thought I knew it all. And I don't. And I never will. None of us will. Economies change. People change. Technology changes. Customer needs evolve. You know, tenure, length of service, whatever you want to call it, doesn't necessarily mean quality and meaningful experience. You know, the game may be the same, but the tools and the players change all the time. And it's up to you to, to stay on top of it. And this is where, you know, really chatting with your team, your employees and getting to know them and understanding their challenges is really going to keep you ahead of the game as long as you do something about it. Um, you know, you know, flowing from that, that succumbing to hubris is thinking that if you lead from the high tower, you're doing your job, you know, leading from the high power, uh, high tower, sitting at a desk, um, letting everybody else kind of, uh, run the show for you. And that's just simply wrong. It's just not the way to do things in, uh, in today's, uh, in today's environment. You know, if you lead from the high tower, uh, you're essentially saying that all other tasks and jobs that are done by your subordinates, they're beneath you. And it sends a very, very uh, detrimental message to your team that you're just not in it to win it with them. Strong leadership, strong bonds, uh, strong trust is developed on the ground with the troops. So get in there with them and work with them. You know, uh, leadership, you know, when you're at the bottom looking up, uh, can seem like a position of glory. It can seem like a position of status 
And it is. It is in a, in a matter of speaking. But, you know, what I realized is once I got there um, to, you know, whatever I thought was the peak of leadership, you know, it's lonely. Uh, there's not a lot of oxygen up there. It's very, very thin air. Um, you know, you know, two two things that I learned, you know, praise is diverted and criticism is absorbed. So when things go right, it's all your team your team did it it's the truth it is the truth your tr- your team did it for you and they deserve all the praise but if something goes wrong if there's a failure if you know somebody shit the bed then you as the leader responsible for that team it is 100% your fault doesn't matter what went wrong doesn't matter external factors that contributed to it doesn't matter if the last leader in charge left you with a with a with a mess to clean up it's your fault you know your fault you know when something's our fault or when fingers are pointed at us i feel like we have a natural tendency to search for something or someone to blame you know it's it wasn't my fault it was because this person did this or this happened or you know i had no control zero control nobody told me about it um, you know, very, very often there are a lot of legitimate causes for the failures that we experience or the failures, you know, that, that happen under our watch. But, you know, we often neglect to reflect on our own actions. And, um, you know, I, uh, I think that this is, this reflection is really the key to understanding why failure can be such a gift. You know, how we embrace failure is just by doing a deep dive on the inside, looking ourselves in the mirror and asking that question, um, you know, what did we do wrong? What could we have done differently? What could we have done in the first place to prevent that failure from occurring? Um, You know, regardless if it changes the circumstances or not, it's not really the point. The point is, is that you're, you're learning about yourself and you're learning about what you can do differently next time, because in a, maybe a different shape or form, you're going to be confronted with hardship again and again and again. And this is your opportunity to learn from it and to either course correct or to choose a different path next time you're confronted with that, that potential failure. Now, um, you know, my failures in leadership have, uh, you know, they've enlightened me um, to a, a few attributes that, that I believe serve as non-negotiable foundational attributes. These are the attributes that doesn't matter what industry, what job, what field you're in, you have to have these as part of your tool belt in order to be a skilled and successful leader. So the first attribute is humility. Uh, You know, simply, I guess before that, um, there's so many different ways to describe humility, to describe being humble, what you need to do as a leader to be humble you know, frankly, I think that you just need to shut up and you need to listen. You don't know it all. Admit when you're wrong. Just because you're the loudest person in the room doesn't mean you're the smartest. It's usually the quietest. And I know that that's a very trite saying, but 
I've come to believe in, 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 in that saying very, very strongly. Um, so just shut up and listen, be humble. I mean, when you're wrong, uh, don't be afraid to get in there with your team, roll up your sleeves and get in there and work with them. It's very, very powerful. Uh, you know, with that, uh, the second attribute is empathy. Uh, we all understand empathy in different ways, um, but essentially it's, you know, put yourself in the other person's shoes in an effort to understand what they're going through. Um, simply put, this means take the time to work with your team, maybe do their job for a day, uh, understand some of the challenges that they are going through, uh, and just simply try to understand them and just, just let this be there to listen to them. Um, empathy is such a powerful tool, not only with course correction, with problem solving, decision making, but also from performance management too as well. Uh, there's a variety of ways that empathy can be used and is certainly such a key attribute in your leadership toolbox. Um, the third one, uh, which is more than not, more often than not overlooked, is gratitude. Um, most A-level employees today especially, and for the future as far as I'm concerned, they care more about purpose than they do about their pay. Pay is important, but it's not the primary motivator as to why people do what they do. It's about purpose. And, you know, if you show gratitude, you know, it reinforces your employee's sense of purpose. It actually amplifies their, their feeling of importance and how important their contribution to your team is. Like, th this isn't rocket science, guys. This is just you starting off with a simple thank you to somebody or a few people every day. It's about making people feel appreciated and making people feel that they're worth something, that they're valuable, and that they're needed. When somebody comes to you and says, hey, I need your help. I, I need you. I need your expertise. I need your knowledge. Like, how great do you feel? How honored do you feel that somebody's coming to you because you can provide value to them? Like, that's huge. And, and the underlying attribute to all that is just gratitude. So introduce, you know, more and more gratitude than you think you're doing in your day to day. And you'll you'll start seeing some changes. I can guarantee it. Uh, the last one, which is becoming the last attribute is becoming a little bit of a I'll call it a leadership phenomenon in this 20, 21st century. And it's about servant leadership, servitude. Servitude is the attribute. We've all heard of servant leadership, servitude leadership. Uh, again, variety of ways to describe it. But um, I boiled it down to, uh, to this. You, as a leader, you are in your role to serve the people that work under you. You are in your role to serve the people that work under you. Don't misconstrue this or don't twist this. This is not, this doesn't mean that you as a leader have to do the job of your team. This means that you as the leader need to provide the infrastructure and the optimal environment for your employees to perform at a high level. So that means feedback, technology, equipment, processes, uh, training, 
uh, day-to-day coaching. There's so many of it, but you, you're the infrastructure person. You're the person that uh, that's going to help and support your team to, to, to perform at a high level. Um, and we, we, so many on our road to leadership, there's so many people and I, we've all encountered the boss. We've all encountered the boss that think they're the shit that they're this big honky who thinks that because they're a manager, they don't have to do shit and they get to pay at a high salary and they're better than you. Um, you know, if you go into your team, if you go into your business like that, you are doomed to fail. You're doomed to fail. I can guarantee it. So, you know, leadership is all about servitude. You are not only serving your business by your leadership, but you're serving your employees so that they can produce those results. Um, now, you know, a lot of uh, organizations are really focused on results. Of course, duh. It, may, it makes perfect sense. We, we, we're all here to make, make some money. Businesses exist to make money. Um, but, you know, results are important, uh, but don't forget the people that get you there. And if you're and if you've kind of noticed, you know, leadership is about people. And that's another thing that I want to emphasize here. You know, I said I said it earlier in the podcast, but leadership is about 90 percent people and 10 percent operations. If you can manage your people well, the operation will just be that much more will be that much better for it. Um so don't forget your people and invest time in your people. People, it's just it's just so critical, especially if you're looking for productivity, for retention, uh, for engagement, and all of those things will yield better and better results as time progresses. Um, you know, just to kind of end off here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know, the reason I share this with you it's just as self-serving to me as it is to you. Uh, and as always with the Zeran You podcast, you know, uh, I want to provide value to you, to those who are truly seeking to change or improve your life. You know, these attributes and these failures of leadership that uh, we talked about today, um, you know, these are, these are things that can apply to any scenario, regardless if it's your journey towards leadership or maybe it's just a self-improvement goal. Um, maybe it's a way that you can convince somebody else of an idea, a proposition, um, a proposal, something. If you're looking to influence change, if you're looking to influence change, uh, you know, I hope that some of these things we talked about today really give you value. You know, the journey towards success or change, it doesn't come without consequence. It doesn't come without sacrifice and it doesn't come without failure. I highly encourage each and every one of you to take stock of all the failures in your life. Take stock of all the regrets in your life and face them head on. Don't pack them away in the back of your head. Don't 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 bottle them up. Face them head on in whichever way that you feel is beneficial towards you. Like that is the only way you're going to learn. That's the only way you're going to be able to put it behind you. It's the only way you're going to grow and change and become better. Thanks, everybody. Really enjoyed this topic. Hope to hear from you soon and uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you on the next podcast. Take care. Bye-bye.